Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to the latest and greatest episode of Random Song Encounters. We're bringing this week episode 17 to you and calling it Like Clockwork. Um, not sure why, but for no other reason than that's the way, uh huh, uh huh, we like it. <laughs> and we'll continue to crank out our podcast for your listening pleasure. This week, again, we're back and coming to you from our so-called SoCal desert time capsule, ready to leap through seven decades of music. Let's step right into the past, say, 1964, and check out a little ditty by the Trashmen. See you back in the present on the back end of segment one. Here we go. How well everybody's heard about the bird. Scream, but no one knows. You say I'm familiar. 
what would you do? <laughs> Segment one. There we have it. Uh, I don't know about you, but that was a whole lot of fun. I was just, as usual, singing and jumping around in the background, listening to those tunes. That was, that, uh, that was a great way to start the segment. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, we started off with a tune by the Trashman out of Minnesota called Surfing Bird. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot of surfing going on in Minnesota. Uh, I think it's one of two tracks that were recorded uh, by bands that uh, are landlocked as, as far as surfing opportunities. Uh, but there you have it, Surfing Bird. It's back from 1963 off the album of the same title, Surfing Bird, which was their debut LP. Uh, the band name is taken from a song by uh, a Minnesota musician, go figure, Kai Ray, called Trash Man's Blues. Uh, the song actually combines two R&B hits that uh, from the prior year, 1962, that were performed or, or released by the Rivent- a band called the Rivingtons, called, uh, one called The Bird's The Word, and the other called Papa Um Ma Mau. Uh, I don't know about The Bird's The Word, but I, I, I've heard Papa Um Ma Mau before, so that may be some, familiar to some of you. Um, and I think there was a some kind of a threatened lawsuit associated when this song came out by the Trash Men because I think they tried to uh, take it for themselves and the Rivington said, no, 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 this is our stuff and we need credit for the writing, you know, at least writing credits, da, da, da. And I think it was settled and they moved on. As for the Trash Men, uh, the band put out one other LP and then faded into the sunset uh, and disbanded in 1967. So kind of a one-hit wonder, but... Uh, it's a really uh, uh, cool little tune to start off the, uh, the segment with. From there, we went to uh, 1984 and Feels Like Heaven from Fiction Factory out of Scotland. Uh, their album, Throw the Warped Wheel Out, uh, which was also their debut LP. Uh, the group was formed initially as a songwriting unit for other artists. Uh, after participating in other groups, they decided, hey, let's just write songs and you know, let other people do them, but they eventually decided to put another band together, and they uh, got the uh, enlisted a band, bass player and a drummer, and formed another band of their own, Fiction Factory. Uh, didn't last long, three years. Uh, they produced another LP after this one, and then uh, uh, in '87 they decided to disband uh, the band, and uh, that was the end of Fiction Factory. But Cool track. After that, we heard from uh, one of the four Beatles. Uh, a lot of you may have recognized the voice there, George Harrison, and uh, his song called This Song uh, from his 1976 LP called 33 and Third, which was his seventh solo LP after the Beatles broke up. Um, George passed away obviously uh, most everybody knows in 2001 from cancer uh, but his legacy lives on uh, he had a great solo career after uh, after the Beatles as well uh, the song in itself is a satire uh, on a lawsuit uh, for copyright infringement that occurred from his prior hit song called My Sweet Lord who everybody's heard uh, and the notion of 
plagiarism in pop music. So uh, you can hear little bits and pieces in the song related to the lawsuit. Um, and uh, the album itself, 33 and 3rd, also reflects George's age at the time of the recording, which was 33 and 3rd, as well as the speed of a vinyl LP as it plays on a turntable, which is 33 and 3rd. Uh, Eric Idle uh, of Monty Python fame was also involved in the production of the of this particular album and he contributes that little vocal interjection in the middle of the track uh, they call it a rat bag vocal uh, so he's involved as well after that we went all the way up to 1995 and a song called The Passenger by Michael Hutchins this particular version by Michael Hutchins uh, out of Australia uh, it's off the Batman Forever uh, film soundtrack. Uh, of course, Michael Hutchins, if you know him, again, one of those really recognizable voices. He's the co-founder founder and the front man of the band In Excess, who's crazy popular in the 80s and 90s. Uh, he's really one of the truly great front men, uh, band front men of his time, and has a, just a phenomenal voice. He can go from you know, from soulful to rockin' in a, in a heartbeat, but uh, just a great voice there. Uh, the album itself, Batman Forever soundtrack, has 14 tracks on it, but only five of the tracks were actually used in the film as they decided just to add additional tracks to make it more uh, marketable. Uh, and uh, Michael himself passed away in 1997 of a suicide at the age of 37. Uh, this particular album is kind of brings back memories because in 1995, um, my at the time future wife and I were uh, vacationing in Tahiti, and where I proposed to her, and we were we would lay on the beach there and you know watch the, just look at whatever there's you know look at the water and the mountains and and this particular album came out at that time, so a lot of the tracks on the sound were being played on the radio out there in, you know, uh, French Polynesia. So uh, that just brings back to those memories uh, that I just thought of that as the track were playing was playing just prior. Uh, last but not least in that particular uh, set or segment, we uh, heard What Would You Do by a band called Sterling Press out of the UK. This is a brand new track. Uh, so in fact, we, we, we happened to hit seven generations or seven decades in this uh, particular uh, uh, segment. Uh, it's a non-album single from 2023. Uh, the band was formed in 2020, which of course was the pretty much the dawn of the pandemic. So they uh, you know, couldn't do a lot as far as recording and they had a lot of time in their hands to craft their writing and recording skills. Uh, in the meantime, they have released three singles to date and they just uh, got signed to release a debut e to release a debut EP uh, their style uh, kind of combines uh, some ska punk and techno influences but uh, that's a really cool track and uh, I enjoyed it a lot wanted to include it for everybody to pick up on and check them out new band so there you have it uh, segment one 
is in the books and uh, we're going to pursue segment two and see what we have for us there and uh, the time capsule is going to continue and who knows how many different decades we're going to cover in this segment but let's start it off back again in the 1960s with a group called Them. Please don't. 
Ting-a-ling-a-ling, like clockwork. There you have segment two. And uh, let's go back to front this time and see what we uh, heard from this this uh, particular segment. We started off for just listen to a song called, obviously, Like Clockwork, from the Boomtown Rats, Irish band, uh, out of their 1978 album, A Tonic for the Troops, which was their second LP. Uh, the album title is taken from a line in the song of She's So Modern, which is on the LP. Uh, I'm not going to quote it, but uh, if you want to look it up, check it out. It's there. Uh, the LP features dark themes in an often used post-punk upbeat style. So kind of like, you know, hey, you know, we're going to talk about some dark stuff, but we're going to make it fun. Why not? Uh, the band itself is most notably known for their big hit, uh, I Don't Like Mondays, everybody's heard, uh, and also known for its lead singer Bob Geldof and his uh, philanthropic adventures uh, most, and his charity work, most notably uh, putting together the whole big Live Aid uh, festival Back in the day, that was just huge and, uh, you know, kind of a worldwide uh, thing that uh, put together. And it's been documented, uh, you know, numerous times or in, in movies and documentaries and so on and so forth. But, you know, Bob Geldorf was the architect of that whole deal. Uh, Bob was originally the manager of the band and not even in the band. But, uh, you know, he didn't like... Uh, the way the original lead guitarist Gary Roberts was handling the vocals, so he uh, took over the lead vocals from Gary and kind of, whenever kicked him to the curb and said, "Hey, stick to the lead guitar. I'm going to take over the vocals." Uh, the group name itself, Boomtown Rats, is came is comes from a Woody Guthrie autobiography uh, called "Bound for Glory." Uh, that's where they uh, he had read that and ran across that uh, reference and decided to use it for the band. Uh, they broke up in 1986 uh, after six LPs, uh, and they've been floating around here and there, but that was basically the, the term of the, the original band. Prior to that, we heard After the Disco from a collaboration called Broken Bells out of L.A. from their 2014 LP After the Disco, same name, which was their second LP, this is, a, as I mentioned, it's a collaboration between uh, two big, uh, you know, uh, uh, performers. Uh, Brian Burton, who you may know more, uh, more known as Danger Mouse, uh, who's a producer and, you know, a performer. And then James Mercer, who's the vocalist and the guitarist for The Shins. Uh, they decided to work together after meeting uh, at their Roskilde festi Festival in 2004 and, and after talking they found out they were big fans of each other's work so say, they said hey let's do something together. Uh, this album was recorded with instruments from the 60s and 70s period uh, based on a they kind of got into this retro futurism theme that came from a sketch of the album cover concept that was provided to them. 
uh, so they kind of went with that and came up with this whole deal and uh, off it went. Prior to that, we heard uh, From the Truth out of UK and their song Exception of Love off their 1984 LP, Playground, which was their debut. They formed in 1982 and went through a ton of lineup changes during their run from 82 to 89, seven years. Uh, they're heavily compared to the jam and the style council uh, off that same era. Uh, they put out three LPs prior to the, their demise. Uh, they intentionally signed with a different record label. They were they were offered a record deal with the same record label that the jam was signed to, but they wanted to avoid that because of the obvious obvious comparison between the two groups. Signed with a different record label, went with producers who were uh, different different in style from the the jam and the style con style console, council. Uh, but still, that that particular song, "Exception Love," sounds could be like a Jammer style council uh, record if you didn't know the difference, but uh, it's the truth. <laughs> Prior to that, hey, did everyone catch the Morrissey reference there? Uh, the song is Lost in the Plot by the Deers out of Canada. That's D E A R S, uh, as in my deer, not uh, the animal deer. And off their 2003 LP, No Cities Left which was their second LP. Uh, they were formed in 1985, and they're led by a husband and wife team. Uh, like I said, the, the beginning of that track, or the first half of that track, sounds like a Morrissey song. Uh, if, if you know Morrissey and notice his sound and his voice, I was fooled at first uh, when I first heard it, but uh, hey, uh, the singer and guitarist Murray Lightburn has been called the Black Morrissey, uh, due to his vocal similarity uh, and also his penchant for somewhat dark lyrics in his songs. Uh, and to go even further, they even toured, toured as Morrissey's opening act in, back in uh, Morrissey's 2006 tour. So there you have it. Lost in the Plot by the Deers. And then to start off segment two, we had an oldie from 1965 called Baby Please Don't Go by them, uh, the Irish band. Uh, it was uh, only included on an EP that they produced called Them EP. Uh, formed in Belfast in 1964, they're best known for their hit Gloria. And a couple, you know, they had a, quite a few singles that were hits uh, during that during their period that they were together in the couple of years they were together. Uh, they're also known as launching the career of lead singer Van Morrison, uh, who's, who had a huge solo career after the couple of years with them. Uh, the group name was taken from the 50s horror movie, which maybe some of you have seen called Them. And the bland's, like I mentioned, the bland, band split in, uh, after a couple of years in 1966 after uh, Van left the group to start his solo career. After a couple albums and around eight single releases, uh, The Doors, you know, the big, huge L.A. band The Doors have, have referenced him as a major influence. And I think they even played in a, a concert or a, a small venue like the Whiskey or something like that or the Troubadour in L.A. together and uh, uh, did some tracks together uh, 
during that transitional period between the end of the M and start of the Van Morrison period. Uh, the song itself is a remake of a blues hit by a guy named Big Joe Williams back in 1935. But uh, they actually took their reference and a remake from uh, a remake itself derived from a guy named John Lee Hooker, uh, who some of you may have known, a big blues guy, uh, from his 1949 version called Don't Go Baby. Uh, the other kind of interesting fact here is that Jimmy Page uh, contributed rhythm guitar on the track. So there you have it. We've gone through two segments. We've got one left. And so let's keep it moving with something again. We're going to venture back into the 1960s from a group called the Music Explosion. Explosion. And here you have it. Let's go.
she got a brand new Cadillac and she ain't coming back. <laughs> that closes out segment three. Uh, let's go back to the beginning and uh, see where we came from in our time travel. We only hit, uh, I think, six decades in that particular segment. So, hey, it's random. Uh, we started off with a little bit of soul by a band called The Music Explosion out of Ohio uh, from their 1967 LP of the same name, Little Bit of Soul, which was their debut. Uh, the song was actually a remake of a song originally recorded by a UK group called The Little Darlings. Uh, the Music Explosion only put out one LP. Uh, the issue there is their producers uh, wrote several tracks for the album and uh, they were blatantly uh, identified as, as rewrites of existing songs. And uh, so it was a train wreck waiting to happen. Uh, so like I said, one album and out uh, had this one hit and uh, one hit wonders and off into oblivion. After that, we heard uh, a band uh, called The National, also out of uh, Ohio originally, but... Uh, finally came into uh, formation in New York City uh, called their song uh, Mistaken for Strangers off their, 19, or their 2007 get that out Boxer was the title of the album off their fourth LP uh, the band is made up of a couple of uh, brothers uh, two sets of brothers for instance uh, the Desner and Devendorf brothers plus lead singer Matt Berninger uh, we talked about Matt earlier in uh, one, one of the prior episodes being part of the group uh, uh, Elvi, uh, uh, which was the plural for Elvis, and uh, played one, his song of, off of that collaboration that he's done as a side deal, aside from the national. Uh, also, Matt's uh, wife, Karen, has been writing lyrics for the band uh, with Matt. Uh, starting with this particular LP so it's again one of those family affair deals uh, much like uh, other groups that we've talked about in prior episodes uh, there there is a documentary out uh, called A Skin A Night uh, that uh, focuses on uh, the album recording process for this particular LP called Boxer so if you uh, can find it check it out might be interesting. I haven't seen it myself, but uh, hey, it's out there. After that, we heard from China Crisis out of the UK and their song King in a Catholic Style, also called Wake Up, uh, off their 1985 LP Flaunt the Imperfection, which was their third LP. This particular LP was produced by uh, Steely Dan co-founder Walter Becker. Uh, and he's also credited as, a, as an official member of the band on this particular uh, LP and on the album sleeve. Uh, this is the most successful LP of the seven they released in a, during their period uh, out and about in the, in the world. Uh, they were initially a politi politically motivated post-punk type of band, but uh, ended up crossing over to a more commercial sound, which obviously more successful as well. Um, after that, we heard The Horrors uh, out of the UK and their song Still Life off their 19, oh, I'm sorry, 19, 2011 
album Skying, uh, which was their third LP, uh, when this was uh, released back in 2011. BC One, BBC One Radio called it the hottest record in the world when it was released. <clears throat> uh, they were formed in 2005 uh, based on uh, the individual band members had gotten together here and there and they determined that they had a lot of mutual interest in collecting obscure vinyl uh, LPs and vastly different genres of music, which are their uh, different LPs uh, uh, make reference to. So after that, we've closed out the episode with none other than The Clash out of the UK and their song Brand New Cadillac. It's off their 1979 epic LP, London Calling, which was their third LP. Uh, They formed in 76, and at that time they were billed as the only band that matters uh, as part of the original British punk rock wave. Uh, Bassist Paul Simonon uh, came up with a band name. He was reading newspapers and kept running across uh, this reoccurring theme of clashes here and clashes there, and so he suggested uh, they called the cla- called the band the Clash, based on uh, that that reoccurring theme that he was running into, and they jumped on it, and the rest is history. This was the first album uh, the Clash had put out that kind of uh, went beyond their original punk rock roots and, and started to incorporate different styles of music, uh, you know, reggae and so on and so forth, R&B. Uh, so they kind of diversified their sound. Uh, they also, as usual, in, used uh, themes of social disp- displacement, unemployment, racial conflict, drug use, and adult responsibilities in their, in their themes uh, when writing music. Uh, the song itself is a remake of a 1959 B-side single uh, by a, a UK artist named Vince Taylor. It was the first song recorded for the album. Uh, it was something they had used on and on and on uh, and they that they had used as a warm-up song before they started the recording sessions. So, you know, obviously... Uh, they got used to it with something, and it, it, it became a big hit for them. There you have segment three and time travel. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't finish up in the uh, uh, back in the present. We uh, finished up in 1979, so, but hey, you know, uh, so much for time travel. Let's close this thing out. So there you have it, episode 17 in the books, like clockwork, as usual. (laughs) Uh, Hey, if you're in the U.S., it's Thanksgiving week, and it's Thanksgiving Eve, as a matter of fact, this Wednesday. Uh, So enjoy your Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. If you're not in the U.S., enjoy the weekend or the rest of the week, you know, you gotta gotta make do with what uh, what's out there. 
have fun. Um, thanks to the uh, Grossmans for uh, having us over for Thanksgiving this year uh, as a, their, their typical tradition. And uh, we appreciate the invite, and we'll surely uh, enjoy the uh, opportunity. And uh, we'll be back with you again next week for Episode 18. Lots more surprises in store. Um, as usual, if you've got a suggestion, feel free to throw it out there, and we'll be happy to try and accommodate. Uh, the Clash tune this week was a suggestion from a prior week that we we finally were able to fit in. Uh, and uh, we're always looking for more help. If you come up with something, you know, we're glad to uh, you know try and make it work. Uh, of course, you know in our rag in our random way uh but uh we'll be back with you again next week for another episode of random song encounters enjoy the week and take care ciao